Hello and welcome back to another episode of Cowboys Chat with Shap. My name is Zach Shaphorse. With me is Vinny Tadaro. And the Cowboys lose to the Philadelphia Eagles 28-23. A very exciting game, but a ultimately disappointing loss. And uh, yeah, let's just... Uh, Jump right on on into it. What were your uh, what were your thoughts of this game, Vinny? I don't really consider this a loss. The officiating was so atrocious yeah. <laughs> that um, I don't really view this as a loss for the Cowboys. Uh, sorry, Eagles fans, but uh, you were handed this one in the basket. Now, from what I've been reading, the officiating this year has been particularly bad. Have so I'm going to just come right out and say it. There needs to be an investigation into the officials, an independent investigation, because if these, some of these guys are on the take or they're just trying to do it for some other reason, um, they need to be rooted out because the credibility, the enjoyability, the meaning of these games is being lost amidst all these blown calls. I realize that the game is very fast. Okay, and I sympathize with them. It's not an easy job to do. Okay, you got big mouth coaches like Nick Sirianni yelling <laughs> at you for breathing the wrong way. Okay, and then you know you've got all this action which is happening very quickly. But still, I don't from from what I've seen of bad calls, they don't seem like they really have good excuses. Uh, it seems like these guys are either really not competent. Or something worse is going on, um, and that needs to be investigated. Now, if you think that it's outrageous to say that games or guys are on the take or games are getting rigged, you know, remember that the the thing that you never hear in the media about the NFL is that the rampant drug usage, especially of uh, performance-enhancing drugs. Almost everybody is using steroids or something like it to enhance their game. They don't look like bodybuilders, but that's not their goal. Their goal is to improve their strength and, and their quickness and allow their ability, their bodies to quickly, um, uh, quickly um, uh, get back into form after an injury or after a workout. For that, you need steroids. They will give you superhuman heal, healing abilities. But nobody ever talks about it. That's been very well hidden. Lyle Alzado is completely blacklisted because he came out and admitted that he taught, took steroids. Here's a really good player, a Pro Bowl player. You never hear anybody mention his name. Now, when he did come out, there was a big thing about it. But the problem's still there, and just because nobody's coming out doesn't mean that the, the media can't investigate and report on it. It would not be that hard to prove. Um, so I feel that there's a serious issue here. Um, and I got to give it up to the Cowboys. I did not think they, they were going to play this well. I did not think yeah. that they were going to win the game, except in the eyes of the officials. You know, if not for the eyes of the officials. Um, I really didn't expect this one to be this close. I take two things away from that. One, I take that the Cowboys um, are a little bit better than I thought they were, and also I see what you were saying about the Eagles now. Yeah. Um, I, 
think I still think they're probably the best team in the league, but they are not as good as their record indicates. They have won a lot of close margin games, and as you've rightly pointed out in the past, that does not bode well for them in the future, or maybe even the present. Okay, and they've, from what I've heard from Eagles fans, they've been on the wrong side of a lot of bad calls, um, and the Chiefs have been on the right side of a lot of bad calls. So. Um, you know, looking at that Eagles team, they're very. I don't think there's. I think it's pretty, pretty open this year. I don't think right. that there's really that good of a team out there. So yeah, that gives me a little bit of hope for the Cowboys. But yeah. the problem for the Cowboys is this: is that I don't think they're going to win the division, and then means they're going to have to play a lot of playoff games. Maybe not have any home field advantage, which clearly that's been helpful to them. Yes. Um, and, and that's why I really don't, you know, I'm, I'm not really backing away from my nine and eight prediction or my, you know, the, the basically, you know, they're not going to make a meaningful playoff run, but getting specific, okay. more specifically to the game. Now, um, I got to say Dak Prescott over the last two games has played well. He's, yeah. you know, he's, he's answered the bell. Maybe he needed a kick in the ass. I don't know, but he's answered the bell. CD lamb, you know, right now he's playing as well as any wide receiver, receiver. in the league. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. He is a stud. Um, and I don't want to go through every position right now, but the, those were those were my basic um, takeaways from the game. The defense is not as good as people thought it was. Uh, the defense is going to need a little bit of help in the offseason. Um, but, uh, you know, and one thing that I did point out that is a problem is two things actually um one of them worse than the other but the first thing and it's hard to say this because jake ferguson had seven catches for 91 yards and a touchdown yesterday but he dropped a key first down pass and he, he blamed himself for the delay of game that occurred at the end of the game and i believe there was a holding call that took back a run and i i, I just can't remember if it was on ferguson or another tight end um but it took back, up, I think, a Rico Dowdle run, um, and we, you just can't, you, you can't make mistakes like that in games like this. If you're playing the Giants, you can get away with it, but in games like this, you can't do that. So I still think that there's, there's, there's been a downgrade at the tight end position, and that rookie is good for shit. It, it was. I, I just looked it up. It was Shoemaker that had a had a penalty. Ferguson did not. He's good for nothing. He's pretty he useless, yeah. I mean, he ran it on that, that one that where he got tackled at the goal line, which was yeah. pass interference. Yeah, Okay, it wasn't called. But, he, you know, he still, he ran the route too short. Right. Yeah, my, so, I was I was curious to hear what you your take was on the officials, because it, it, I usually don't even want to really talk about that at all as an excuse, but I, I the worst, I mean, there, there were two really egregious calls. I, I think you could, there, there was a hands-to-the-face call on Gallup, which they yeah. picked up, which, and it wasn't super blatant on the replay. It, it looked like he definitely got hit, but it wasn't like a tug. That one still, I don't think if it's anywhere but Philly, they pick that up. The, right. the two most egregious, and th this one didn't really affect the game because we scored a touchdown next play, but 
Chuma Doga lining up as an ineligible player after we clearly told them he was, and, and Dak even like checked with the official before the play, and, and then Pollard scores a touchdown, they call it back. That one was was horrendous. And then Stefan Gilmore, that I mean, A.J. Brown ran into Stefan Gilmore on a pass that was out of bounds, and they called Stefan Gilmore pass interference. Like, that, that was one of the worst pass interference calls I've ever seen. I, I was watching the game with, with Jesse, you know, Buddy, who's an Eagles fan, and he was... And I was, I mean, the calls that were egregiously bad, like that one, I was letting it be known. And he was like, oh, the Eagles, we have more penalty yardage than you do. But it was not, I mean, you had like Michael Gallup, who was, you know, having to go over this dude who's getting picked up by the corner on a pass interference. Like, it was not the same. I think we we did get one kind of favorable call toward the end with the... Um, I think it was roughing the passer. That wasn't wasn't a terrible, uh, you know, they like a blatant hit. Those quarterbacks. Everybody they, knows that. They, yeah. Right, right. Um, but yeah, nowhere near as bad as any of the calls that went against against us. But no, I mean, Dak Prescott, another another strong game. Um, not, I don't think quite as sharp as the past two games, but his production ultimately his production was better. Than it's been. He all he, uh, once again did not throw any balls in harm's way. Um, I, I thought it was a really, uh, you know, it, the last three weeks has been the Dak Prescott you want to see. And if you can maintain that, if you can avoid those disastrously bad games, he's as good as anyone. You've just never seen, and you've seen him go on stretches like seven, eight game stretches at this level of play. If he can do that for the rest of the year, I, I feel actually very good about our chances. I, I still think we need to, and the Eagles didn't do it, but at some point a team is going to be able to slow down CeeDee Lamb with, you know, bracket, you know, they might end up doing the Calvin Johnson thing where they just line up two guys on him. That might be the only way to stop him, but we are going to need someone to step up. I, I, I'm really excited about Jake Ferguson. He did have... He might have even had two drops. One of them was kind of off target, but he definitely had one. Um, but overall, I'm I'm very impressed. I, I think he's been over the last two weeks the guy that I kind of envisioned a little more of a field stretcher and a broken tackle threat than Dalton Schultz. Um, and I think right now you got to say he's our second best receiving option. But I don't think there's any reason Brandon Cooks shouldn't be our number two receiver. Like, he, there's, he's not a worse player suddenly. He's still the guy who got who's like an automatic 1,000-yard receiver. I just don't think McCarthy knows how to use him and, and utilize his skill set. He, he's so focused on these static routes rather than getting guys moving and crossing, and, and that's where Cooks excels. But Well, I read that, you know, he's, he's getting a lot of separation. But yeah. uh, that his timing is off with with Prescott. He's getting it at, uh, you know earlier mm-hmm. than Prescott is delivering the ball to him. Um, I don't know if that's true or not. Mm-hmm. I haven't looked at the film. It probably is. But um, now I have to you know Brandon Cooks. You know I think two things are happening. I think one is just, I don't think there's any excuse for only catching one ball in a football game. 
Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I don't think there's any excuse for that. Your coach isn't trying to view coach is trying. That's like if your coach is trying to sabotage. Yeah. You know, but one catch, Michael Gallup, two catches. There's problems well, at receiver, and, and, and part of it is that there. Part of it is that he does favor C.D. Lamb and Jake Ferguson. But I think he needs to spread the ball around. You know, uh, he's, he's got to get more production than those other guys. I don't know if Dak can throw a good deep ball. And he threw another bad one yesterday. You know, and that's Brandon Cook's bread and butter. So he might have the wrong player in there. But Brandon Cooks has got to take responsibility. His numbers are horrible. Yes, that is true. I, I think there's a definite difference in my mind between Brandon Cooks and Michael Gallup. Michael Gallup had an egregious dropped pass. And there were people yeah. trying to say that, oh, Dak threw it too hard. And I'm like, well, a professional yeah. wide receiver. If, if you're a 13-year-old Pop Warner kid, okay, yeah, maybe take a little heat off. A professional wide receiver catches that every fucking time and yeah, and that Dax was an important numbers. play that was a third Dax, and three Dax numbers were a little misleading because there were several drops right right he i mean his his box score stats were great and he had five drops i i think was the number yeah. um you can't do that against the eagles right right you you're you're a, a three-point underdog is what we were you have to road. real on the road you have to realize how crucial every single opportunity is. And and I will say this. I, I actually don't think uh, – I know you said our def- you think our defense is worse. I, I think our defense actually played a pretty good game. I, I actually do think the Eagles' offense is just that tough. Um, and, and I do give them a lot of credit. I think their defense – yeah, the defense is not their as good. Their defense is a problem, their defense, which surprises me. Right, and it's their 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 starting cornerbacks are not having a great year, but their depth behind those starting cornerbacks is dog shit. And every time I saw Ceedee Lamb going against Sidney Brown or thirty nine, I don't even know what his name is. I was like, go after that guy. That is a huge mismatch. Um, but but no, their off their their offense is still very good, and and Jalen Hurts had a good game. I'll give him credit. Um, and and I think their their scheme, they're well well coached on offense. Of course, they've got the you know the tush push or whatever you want to call it, and, and that is kind of a, a cheat code. Um, but beyond that, they put a lot of stress on your linebackers and your safeties, and and. After back-to-back really good games, Marquise Bell did not do very well. Curse and Wilson, after kind of rebounding, they went back to having a shitty game. So I, I thought our defense did about as well as we were capable of under those circumstances. And let's not forget, the Eagles got super lucky with three fumbles that bounced right, right to them. Right. And um, I thought I looked to me on TV. See, I went to watch the game in a restaurant because it wasn't on TV here. The damn Giants Raiders game was, so I had to go to a restaurant and watch it on the TV. Mm-hmm. And um, there was no sound, so it was harder for me to follow. Yeah. Um, and I looked to me. I thought that um, um, Micah Parsons recovered that one fumble there at the end of the game, but he didn't, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. He was. He was close. Um, yeah. The the biggest. Because I I definitely agree the the officials did screw us over and 
you know, in, in a couple big, big situations. But ultimately, what screwed us over more than anything was Terrence Steele. And, and uh, we haven't gotten to the elephant. We have. We, we haven't got gotten to that yet. Elephant in the room. Terrence Steele had the worst game since Chaz Green from an offensive lineman. Let Let's be real. And and the thing is, Terrence Steele. This was his worst game of the year by by you know any any metric. But it wasn't. It wasn't like out of the blue. Like like no. let, let, let me actually. I take that back. His from a PFF passing grade standpoint, this was his second worst grade of the year against the 49ers, He had an eight point four pass blocking grade. In this game, he had a fifteen, and against the New York Jets, he had a nineteen point nine. Currently, he is guess where he is ranked in pass blocking grade out of 80 offensive tackles 78 yes <laughs> did you know that no i just okay. guessed it <laughs> you, I'm that's psychic. that's you literally that it yeah yeah um no i mean he was he was horrible and um you know i, I put it a little bit like with the Chaz green game it's one thing after a quarter of just being an absolute you know train wreck of a player at a certain point it's a little bit on the coaches for not giving him any kind of help and a few times they had tony pollard chip but or or a tight end but in the high leverage situations which is basically what wrecked the game was that last drive when we turned it over and then the final final drive we had i mean first we had the delay game you know still though at the 11 yard line with like 27 seconds left, if we just don't take a sack there, we have a very good chance of winning. As soon as we take the sack, it's like our probability of winning plummets to, oh, it, to it single was, digits. Know, we were first and goal at what, the six. I mean, yep. victory was within our, yep. was right there on our fingertips. Yep. And they, they just absolutely blew it. And Terrence Steele yep. was awful. He should have been, forget about giving them help. He should have been put on the bench. Yes, you know? that, that's... They, Yes, and and you know I'm glad that Gallup after his drop, it seemed like we worked in Tolbert more. I I yeah. liked seeing that, but Terrence Steele needs to get benched, and he should have been benched in this game if if we were really serious about winning the game. He won't be. I agree. I I don't think he will be ultimately. But but here's here's the thing, and and I before the PFF grades came out, I had a feeling this was going to be the case. The Eagles had a guy named, I think, Tyler Steen, uh, a rookie who has never played before, and he was he played right guard for them. He also was getting lit on fire. He, he, he had an even worse pass blocking grade than Terrence Steele. He had a 13.3, uh, 13.2. Terrence Steele had a 15. But Tyler Steen gave up one quarterback hit and five hurries. And granted, he had less pass-blocking stats, so that's part of it. But T- Terrence Steele gave a four sacks, one hit, and seven hurries. And to me, oh. yeah, yeah, <laughs> pretty bad. Oh. Um, but to me, that is that right there is the prime example of why you want Tyler Smith at tackle. Because tackle, you... You have no one to help you. You can get torched at guard, and the quarterback can see it coming. He can still get the ball out, or you can get a little bit of help from one of your the guys around you. But when you're on an island at tackle, and you're getting whooped as fast and as thoroughly 
as Terrence Steele is getting whooped, the quarterback has no... And, and honestly, he should have given up more sacks. Dak had a few plays where he got out of yeah. sacks that should have probably happened. Um, th- this, this is why you want your best player, Tyler Smith, at tackle versus guard. And until you know with 100% certainty that Tyler Smith is like a bad offensive tackle... Whereas it, it does seem like he's going to be a you know an elite guard, until you you are certain that he is not capable of being at least a very good if not elite tackle, you give him that opportunity because it's so much more impactful to to blow it at tackle versus guard. And, and I got it. On the other hand, I got to give a ton of credit beyond Dak and C. Lamb. Both had great games. Tyrone Smith absolutely killed it. He he had 57 pass blocking snaps, didn't give up anything. He gave up zero hurries, zero hits, zero sacks. And I saw somewhere someone had him as like losing two reps, but it didn't even come close to getting to he's, Dak, so it doesn't matter. He's like a menstrual cycle. He only shows up once a month, but when he does, it's trouble. Right. <laughs> but But that is the reason... I am keeping Tyron Smith as long as he's willing to suit up well, and as long as well, he's capable of playing like that. I have an amended uh, view of, of what I did last week. And last week I was saying get rid of him, get rid of him because, you know, there's availability problems. And that is a big, big problem. But I think at this point now, with Terrence Steele, his status being up in the air, they might not have any choice but to keep Tyron Smith next year. Because yeah. you've got to, you can't get rid of both your starting tackles in one year. No, you, you and, probably. And I don't know if you know if they can don't. get rid of Terrence Steele. They just they, when he was hurt, I, and they gave him a big contract. They gave him a huge contract. Yeah, and and you got to hope that this season it's it, he's just not healthy. That's the only like possible solace you can because he's worse than he was his rookie year. He was not yeah. good as a rookie uh, by by objective standards by a, by a you know, undrafted free agent, you know, sure. But he's worse than that. <laughs> he's And he, after clearly getting better from his rookie to second year, second to third better. year, yeah. a lot better, he's gotten, he's regressed tremendously. And, and Oh, I think it's the injury. I, I, I hope. I think it's, yeah. I, I, I think it's the same thing that happened to Eric Williams. Eric Williams was probably the best tackle in the league. He yeah. got into the car accident, screwed up everything, and after that, he was nothing more than an average right tackle. But but I would take average at this point over what we're getting out of Terrence Steele. Like he's he's not even close to average. He's bottom of the uh, bottom of the pack. Um, yeah, I I mean I would, and you're right, it's not going to happen. But I would bench Terrence Steele for for. A, at least a couple weeks. Like, we've got the Giants next week. We'll talk about the matchup. But Giants, Panthers, for sure, we should beat pretty easily. Then the Commanders... I mean, the Commanders just traded their two star defensive ends. So, like, these are... Yeah, one of them wasn't... One of them screwed up from an injury, though, Chase Young. Um, He's been injury-prone, but he is... Uh, he's been healthy this year. He's, he's had a pretty solid year this year um and who was the other one they treated sweat sweat yep and what are they thinking about i don't know i i mean i figured it made sense that they trade chase young because 
they didn't pick up his fifth year option, which is a telltale sign that you want to, yeah. you know, let the guy walk. So you might yeah. as well pick up some compensation. But Sweat, I figured they were gonna, they were gonna get rid of Young so they could sign Sweat, and it sounds like instead they are just gonna focus on. I mean, they've already paid Jonathan Allen and uh, Duran uh, uh, Payne. Which that that's the one that they're gonna regret. Deron Payne is not worth the money they paid him, and and frankly, they should have. I, I definitely well, they're, like, paid they're like they're like the Giants. All their defensive line tackle is compressed into the tackle position. Yes, but at least the Giants have Dexter Lawrence, who's like a legit stud. Uh, Jonathan Allen's had really good years, but I don't think he's having a great year. And Deron Payne is just like. He's just a guy. He's like, he's, you know, not bad, but he's nowhere near an elite player, which is what they're paying him to be. And yeah, Jonathan Allen has is, is kind of had a shitty year this year um, after a couple pretty good years. Yeah, they don't I don't even know like if he's worth the money. That, uh, is, that is very good. Yeah. Um, uh, the, but the, yeah. getting back to the Giants, let me just put this in there because you might not got, have gotten wind of this out in uh, being out in Texas. But that Kayvon Thibodeau, he's become a uh, a real point of contention. Uh, they were okay. uh, really criticizing him on the uh, sports radio station in New York, uh, the Fan. Yeah. Um, and Carl Banks, Love you heard about this? Carl Banks was on. No. And he was working for the Fan, and he was on the phone, and he must they must have gotten tired of him. You know, making excuses for Thibodeau, which is you know, players. Some a lot of times do that for other young players. Yeah. You know, they'll say, you know, because Thibodeau looks like a bust, and uh, Banks must have been trying to put a good face on it. They actually hung up on Carl Banks, so wow. it became a big deal out here. And Carl Banks resigned now, and uh, people are mad that they hung up on Carl Banks, and you know, some people are mad because you know they've been hard on Thibodeau, but he looks like a butt. Like, Evan Neal and Kayvon Thibodeau look like busts. Yeah. And the sad thing is Evan Neal is still grading better than Terrence Steele as a pass blocker, yeah. as bad as he is. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think if there's anything else. Well, what do we do? I mean, if, 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 so, if we bench Terrence Steele, we put Ogdawa in there? Do we put the rookie fifth rounder? I I'm think, intrigued by that rookie fifth rounder. Richards, Asim Richards. Yeah. yeah, I would probably go with Asim Richards. I, in my mind, and they're never going to do. I mean, I don't think they're going to bench Terrence Steele in the first place. But I would put Tyler Smith at right tackle and kick TJ Bass Smith. in at left guard. Okay, so that's that's getting back to what I said. You know, I think they 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 probably do need to keep Tyron Smith next year. He's better at left than he is yes. at right, but he's he's better than Terrence Steele. Right, right. Um. Wow, uh, just you know, three question marks on the offensive line heading into the off season. Left tackle, right tackle, and center. Oh, yep. And um, I will say, yeah, I think, um, yeah, I think Terrence Steele. Oh, oh, this is what I was gonna say. Terrence Steele. I did look up his his contract situation, and basically. We the earliest we could possibly move on from is twenty twenty five. So if he is just this guy now, like a, a basically a a non starter, <laughs> like this is if he plays like this, he's a backup. He's the quality of a backup player. 
Oh, then, then it's a disaster, and, and we're going to be stuck with him for unless we want to eat a ton of dead well, cap. That's on Jerry. That's on yeah. Jerry and yeah. Steven and, and Will McClay because they keep signing injured players. They should never have re-signed Terrence Steele or Michael Gallup, especially to the contracts that they did. They thought, oh, we're going to take advantage and we're going to be able to pinch some pennies because we're going to get these guys cheaper because they're injured. But you're taking a huge risk, and neither one of them has panned out. It's been two years for Michael Gallup now, and he's still not the same, and he's never going to be the same. Yeah. Okay? And, you know, we Jordan Lewis came back from the Liz Frank. He seems like he's uh, he's okay. Anthony Brown, he's not even on the team anymore. He's never going to be the same. I don't even know where the hell he is. Um, but now you got a big problem with Trayvon Diggs. You yeah, paid him it early. Could be, the, could be the same story with him. Big, I mean, you know, the just stupid person. That's what they've been – Terry Bradshaw said this years ago. Years ago about Jerry Jones. He said, as the GM, this guy fixes one thing and breaks another. That's the constant story of the Dallas Cowboys. They fix one area and another one breaks. And you cannot win in this league when you that's what you do. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I feel like with the, the team right now, you can kind of say, I feel like, the play calling, if, if you look at Mike McCarthy as a head coach and as a play caller, the play calling wasn't bad yesterday. I don't think it was quite as good as it was against the Rams, but it was still largely good. But as a head coach, the not benching of Terrence Steele, the not giving, if you're not going to bench him, at least give him help in high leverage situations. Especially at the end of the game, yeah. Especially at the end of the game. Um, the Just the lack of discipline. Like, yes, there were a lot of bullshit calls, but there was also Jonathan Hankins lining up in the fucking neutral zone. That's the second yeah. time that's happened. Like, oh my God, that is so frustrating. And, and... That's on the coach. McCarthy and the penalties, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, that is, you know, again, fixing the play calling, at least to some extent. We're, we're calling plays in a way that's not terrible anymore. But the overall coaching and the overall discipline. I'll tell you what this game reminded me of. I, I text this to my friend Tim at halftime when we were winning. We were up 17 to 14. Right. This game reminded me of the divisional game against the Packers in 2014, the one that the Des Bryant caught it game. Because just like that game, we I thought we were better than the other team. I, I thought we were playing better, but we had these dumb little mistakes in, in that game it was the missed field goal it was DeMarco Murray fumbling the ball and then of course you know Des Bryant you know even though it was bullshit he could have just fallen down and protected the ball and and they wouldn't have called it uh and then you know and a little bit of home cooking as well for the home team but uh yeah. it's the same thing in this game it was the the Michael Gallup drop on third down it was Terrence Steele just forgetting how to play football. Uh, and, and even though we played, be- like from a, this is something, I don't know if I've talked about this much on the show, but one thing since the beginning of last year that I've, I've been trying to do is keeping track of team P 
PFF grades and kind of trying to figure out how that correlates to winning. And it, it generally does. If you're above like a 70 team PFF grade, you're probably going to win. If you're below 70, uh, but above like 65, it's probably 50-50. If you're below 65, you're probably going to lose. Um, and the Cowboys have been pretty, like, have pretty much followed that over the last two years. Like against the 49ers, we graded 53. Like there's no chance you're going to win in a game like that. The Cardinals, we graded a 63. Again, that's that's not quite as bad, but still pretty bad. You're going to lose. And then pretty much all the all the games we've won, except the Chargers, we were above 80, which like you're almost always going to win green that well. This well, game, we were at a 77, which it, I looked back, and the last time we lost a game with that high of a PFF grade was... Another game that kind of reminded me of this one, and that was the 2013 game Romo against Peyton Manning that you, I'm sure you remember, where it was just a shootout, 51-48, and then Romo throws a pick at the end, and, and everyone blames him for the loss when really we should have never even been in that game uh, but for him playing nearly flawless. But yeah, it, it had that feel of the late, Tony Romo Cowboys where uh you know we we play well generally especially quarterback and we just end up coming up short because of undisciplined 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 play and um you know I I still you know like you said earlier it, it wasn't it was still a good effort, and it, I, you know, I'd take that over the 49ers loss all day. Uh, and I think, you know, you play that type of, put that type of performance 10 times, you probably win like six of them. But ultimately, you know, the results are all that matters. And, and realistically, unless we win out, I think we have no chance at winning the division now. And even if we won out, I think it still would be. I, I think we'll we would win. We'd have a good chance at winning the division if we won out. I still think the Eagles will drop a couple in this. I mean, really, they would just need to lose one in this tough stretch, and then we would beat them at home. But um, yeah, still uh, still disappointing that we didn't didn't pull it out. Um, yeah, but yeah, the O line problems. Uh... But, you know, mostly, it was mostly Terrence Steele yeah. and uh, just completely at the wrong time, too. You know, at the end of the game, I mean, to be, you know, it was like first and goal from the six or whatever it was. Yeah. And I thought they were, at that point, I thought they would win. I thought they would punch it in. I thought they had, they had momentum. I thought yeah. they would win the game there and um, then to not win it. But, um, oh, I, I don't know. That, that, that old line now going ahead and into the offseason you know, I mean, and, you know, getting back to what you spoke about before, the penalties, I mean, that was something I had thought about, too. Um, you know, McCarthy was supposed to clean it up, and we did play a sloppy game. Um, we didn't turn the ball over. Um, yeah. But, you know, at the same time, the penalties. And, you know, one of the things that's, that, that, that was, was really true about the Jimmy Johnson teams was that they played clean efficient football yeah. you know they, they didn't they didn't get a lot of penalties they didn't turn the ball over they yeah. didn't have five drops in the game 
Yeah. You know, I mean, um, really, their, wor- their worst game was that you know, were the two games against the 49ers championship game, and then when they met the following season. You know, as far as them just not being a clean football team, and you know, cleanliness is one of the things that you know Jimmy Johnson used to preach about, and Bill Parcells and Bill Belichick. They all feel that you know, you give yourself a very good chance to win. You don't have to be brilliant out there, but if you just don't screw up. Yeah. And, you know, and the it, Eagles, to their credit, did not. I mean, they, they fumbled the ball. That was the one thing. Uh, but they they didn't have the dumb little mental. They didn't drop. I don't think any passes. I, I don't. You know, they yeah. certainly didn't line up off sides, or you know, I don't think they had any like pre-snap penalties. The the penalties they had were like, you know, they they affected the play. Like the one on Michael Gallup, it was it was to affect the play. But yeah, I you mentioned earlier the you thought the Eagles are. Do you say the you think they're the best team in football or, or just the NFC? No, I think they're the best team in football. They're just a little bit above the Chiefs. I'm not that impressed by the Chiefs this year. I I think the Ravens right now are the best team in football. Really? Uh, the fact that they beat the shit out of the Seahawks and the Detroit Lions like in a pretty short span. Um, yeah, I I would take the Ravens right now, but but I think it's probably those three: the, the Eagles, Ravens, and the Chiefs in some order. Um, but no, I I still think the Cowboys have a shot in the NFC, and and I and I still would rather play the Eagles on. I think I would rather play the Eagles on the road in the playoffs than the 49ers at home. I I think we match up better with them, and we're, we're match used up to them. The Eagles. Yeah. Um, so, and I still, you know, the Detroit Lions, they're probably still a competitor, but it's, I think it's still really those top three teams, uh, us, the Eagles, and the Niners in the NFC. Um, let's talk about, well, probably briefly, but uh, the New York Giants. Um, so they, isn't Daniel Jones out for the year now? Did, did yeah, he, he tore, get hurt? Torres ACL, non-contact injury. And now is Tyrod Taylor healthy, yeah. or is he okay? Uh, I think yeah. Well, I think Taylor's going to be their quarterback. But yesterday, uh, I actually got to watch both games because on the screen right next to the one I was watching was the uh, Giants Raiders game where the Giants just got humiliated. Yeah. Um, the Giants, uh, I don't know, man. If they're you know if they're already tanking or what, but they did not look good. I mean, at least previously, their defense had, had been playing quite well. Yeah. Um, but uh, yesterday, nothing went right for them. And uh, they finished the game with DeVito at quarterback. Well, and, and I'm from what I'm reading, it sounds like Taylor's not going to be healthy. So they're going to be... And it looks like they signed Matt Barkley. So, <laughs> I mean, we should just absolutely annihilate. I mean, honestly, even if Daniel Jones was healthy behind that O-line... Yeah. Um, I mean, Andrew Thomas, I don't think he's healthy yet. I don't think so. Is, I mean, now no, this is pad your stat week. Yeah, yeah. They better kill him. If right. they don't kill him, you know, then they've got to they've, they talk about an emotional letdown. Right. Yeah, they've got to go in there and make a statement against and just take have no mercy against the Giants and the Panthers. Yeah. A- Andrew Thomas is back, it looks like. So, so that's one competent offensive lineman 
Um, actually, honestly, Justin Pugh for the Giants is actually probably like one of their best players, which is very sad to say. But but no, I mean, this is against the Raiders. The Raiders have, uh, you know, Max Crosby is a good player, but that's pretty much it. Um, yeah, we should absolutely annihilate the, the Giants, especially at home. Like, I, I didn't realize how big of a split we have at home versus away and speci- and also on turf versus on grass. We're, we're apparently like 2-8 and eight on grass versus like 16-1 and one on turf. What's which... the link? What's the, what the link in Federal Stadium? Is that grass? Yeah, that's grass. The link is grass. So um, this will be at home. This will be on turf. I'm, I'm going to be at this game. This is the one game of the year I'll be going to. Giants? Yeah. Yep. Cowboys okay. Giants. So hopefully I went to the Cowboys Texans game last year hoping it would be a, a blowout and that was actually very close although we yes. did prevail. Um But yeah, I mean it, there's not much to say. I mean Saquon Barkley is still there, but you know, without a, a realistically viable no. passing game or no wideouts. Yeah, they, they've got really no one to throw to. They, they did get um, Wandale Robinson back. He's, you know, maybe their best receiver. Um, Jalen Hyatt, he, he's occasionally been decent as a deep threat. But, but yeah, I mean, we should... There's really no reason we shouldn't win by... Whoever they put back there, the result's going to be the same because nobody can play behind that offensive line, you know, except maybe Michael Vick in his heyday. I mean, you know, it's just just the worst offensive line I've ever seen. And, um, you know, we should really be able to pad our stacks again. But, you know, one thing about the Cowboys still, too, is we don't seem to win unless we score a defensive touchdown. (laughs) And that's something we got to kick. We got to stop relying on the defense to score. That is true. That that has been the core. But I mean, the games we've won, even if we, it, it does seem to jumpstart the team. That that's probably the biggest thing. It, it's like we would still win, based on you know if you removed the defensive score. But but yeah, it, it seems like the the route is on once we score the defensive touchdown, and, 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 and we you know, very well could against the Giants. Like yeah. <laughs> Yeah, could score a couple. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, and you know the the special teams. We never talk about them, but the, but they're really really good. You know, yeah. the kickers are excellent. The the coverage is really good. Turpin's a really good returner. I mean, they yeah. they have as good a special teams unit as there is in this league. And um, you know, uh, it's kind of being overshadowed, I think, by the talk about the other other units, but um, really impressive special teams. That was always very important to Jimmy Johnson was uh, how they, we did special teams. And, you know, one thing I want to say, too, is about two injured guys, and, you know, it's, it's it, I don't feel great saying this because you don't want to kick somebody when they're down, but um, I really don't think that we've lost anything without C.J. Goodwin or Leighton Vander Esch. Yeah. I, I mean, this was the first game that uh, Marquise Bell didn't do so hot. Uh, neither did Damone Clark. But but I think this is. Let, let me. I'm, I'm gonna just 
take a look at our games against the Eagles last year when, when Vander Esch. I think the Eagles just kind of, they are so good at putting linebackers in a bind that it, it kind of doesn't matter who you're going to trot out. Um, yeah, last year, the second game we played against them, I mean, yeah, it's, it's pretty... Actually, Damone Clark, uh, he didn't have a terrible game, but still he not led us great. In tackles. Anthony Barr actually did okay, um, but Donovan Wilson not a great game. J. Ron Curse not a great game. So it looks like Vanderesh didn't play in the second Cowboys Eagles game. Yeah, for a first. Uh, the first time he played and and he didn't do terribly. Donovan Wilson, again, bad game. J. Ron Curse, again, bad game. Anthony Barr, nothing special. So maybe not quite as but but yeah, I mean, generally we're we're not doing so hot against the Eagles at those at, in that spine of the defense. That's what it is. It's the defensive tackles, the linebackers, and the strong safeties. The Eagles just kill us in that in that you know, position group. Um, let me see how... I, I knew Hankins and Mozzie Smith sucked again. Where is Mozzie Smith? I don't even see him. I don't see him on the field. He doesn't show up on the boss score. If he does, it's one tackle. This guy has bust written all over him. So Mozzie Smith right now... Let, let me let me check. I, I looked at this last week. Mozzie Smith out of 100 and... I think it was 138 defensive tackles. He ranked... 131 in run defense. The thing, the one thing he was supposed to be competent in, he's one of the worst. And, and he played 12 snaps in this game and uh, had a you know a 40 grade. So he's probably, if anything, worse now. Let, let's take a let's take a gander. Okay, so he's 20. In overall PFF grade, he's 127th out of 137. And if you just whittle it down to run defense grade, he is 135 out of 137. Great job. You moved down like three spots. Yeah, I mean, mean, you know, not not to say I told you so, but I was never... I was never a fan of that pick. I thought, he, you know, at best he went way too high, and uh, they needed to, um, you know, at that pick they needed to make sure they got Dalton Kincaid or even the, the guy that's with the Raiders. Doing, he's doing pretty well now, yeah. uh, Michael he's Mayer. You know, get another tight end. I know that would give you two tight ends, but, hey, then you got, well, you know, it's much better than having a, a, a nothing. Yeah, Shoemaker is to- totally useless. Like, Michael Mayer probably scores a touchdown on that on that play that uh, yeah. Shoemaker came up short on. Um, and in the second round, it was that was a no-brainer. A Torrance was right there. You didn't have to move up. Right. Yep. And um, then you got your guard, and you can move Tyler Smith to left tackle and Tyron Smith to right tackle. Right. Right. Or, or you can or try have... Tyler Smith at right tackle. Yeah. Or you could have had... Ty- Tyrone Smith as the swing tackle, Tyler Smith left tackle, and then, you know, it, it, when something goes wrong, like is happening right now with Terrence Steele, you just, then, then you got your swing tackle. Tyrone Smith right. comes in right. when needed because you know he's going to get hurt. So yeah. it's better to rely on him as a, as a swing tackle than a starter. Like, 
that would have uh, been the smart thing. Tyron Smith, I think, has to start thinking about life after football. I mean, what are these injuries going to do to him? I, yes. For, for, he's a good player, and, and I do enjoy watching him when he does play, but at the same time, it is it is getting to that Romo point where it's like, as much as I like watching him play, like, you got to kind of do what's best for you also and, and your body. So we'll see. But um, for this game, the, the Cowboys-Giants, um, what what's your prediction for, for the score in this one? Oh, well, I mean, I think the Cowboys are going to score on defense once, if not twice. I think maybe Turpin will finally return one for a home run. Um, I'm going to go uh, 34 to 10, Dallas. I'm gonna say thirty-eight to seven, and, and okay. I might be giving them even too much credit. I feel like with if it was Tyrod Taylor, Tyrod Taylor has been by far, I think, the best quarterback for the Giants, including Daniel Jones. But yeah, maybe Barkley get. I I think they'll they'll manage something. But yeah, I'm gonna say thirty-eight to seven, Cowboys win. So. I think that'll uh, that'll do it for this week. But uh, thanks for tuning in, and we will see you next week to break down Cowboys Giants and preview Cowboys Panthers. So until then. <laughs>